He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And I'm wondering what it is I should do. It's so hard. So Biden wants us all to get shots, and uh, he says that the important thing is to get shots because the FDA has approved the shots. But he knows full well that the FDA has only approved the Pfizer vaccine. There's no reason why it's not approving Moderna and the others, and Johnson and Johnson, but they've only approved Pfizer. So 57% of the shots have been given that have been given to Americans now are Pfizer shots. And you can imagine the kind of money that that is permitting Pfizer to make. But did you know that Greg Simon, who was uh, very, who's a lobbyist, who represented Pfizer, and for three years before Biden became president, served as the director of worldwide lobbying for Pfizer, uh, is a close crony of Biden's, and worked with Biden on his uh, on his task force about cancer at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, close associate of Biden's. He used to be Gore's chief of staff for domestic policy, then went to work for Biden, then went to work for Pfizer, then went to work as a lobbyist. And that connection is a very close connection. And then also uh, Pfizer gave... $250,000 to the Biden campaign and another $150,000 to the Democratic Senate Campaign Committee. So a total of $400,000 of Pfizer money. The money contributions to the Republicans were negligible. And in addition, somebody somehow persuaded Pfizer not to report that it had a successful vaccine ready to go when it did one week before the election. Instead, the announcement was made three days after the election. And many people, like me, believe Donald Trump would have won had he been able to say, I have the Pfizer vaccine. And Pfizer sat on it. Now, remember that Pfizer paid for that with their stock price. Their stock price was probably lower for that eight or ten day period, certainly than it would have been had the world known that it had a vaccine. So somebody persuaded Pfizer not to make the announcement until Biden was elected and then make it. So we have to question the relationship between Pfizer and Biden. Now it's not just your best shot, it's your booster shot, uh, because Pfizer is the one producing and pushing the booster shot. And Biden said the other day that uh, we should all get booster shots. That was before the FDA said we should. The FDA still says you should only get it if you're over 65 and immunocompromised by other conditions, that regular people shouldn't get it yet. And uh, that... And that also is huge bucks in Pfizer's pocket. So Joe Biden 
is absolutely flacking for Pfizer here and doing a very good job of it. Hello, is there anybody in there? Just not if you can hear me. Yep. That's our friend Joe Biden. Hello, hello, is there anybody in there? Well, there is, uh, because he has is, is at least gotten it together enough to understand that he should give Pfizer a multi, multi-billion dollar kiss, wet kiss, if you like. <laughs> and uh, he he absolutely gave them a tremendous boost. It's a booster shot, not necessarily for those who are sick, but for Pfizer, and certainly is a booster shot for their stock prices. Incredible what he did. Uh, and the idea that Pfizer has the top guy uh, is a close guy for Biden, that they donated to his campaign, that they sat on the news of the vaccine over the election. Could have been an October surprise that would have elected Trump. And God knows Trump deserved that because the vaccine wouldn't have been developed without Trump and certainly wouldn't have been approved without Trump. Uh, so this was all set up by Pfizer. Now, what does that mean for you getting the vaccine? I am no anti-vaxxer. I've had uh, two shots and a booster shot, three shots. If I could get 10 shots, I would. And uh, I believe in the vaccine. I believe we all should get it. I believe that Donald Trump making this vaccine and getting its approval is an achievement on the order of the Manhattan Project to make the atomic bomb. The second most important public-private partnership in the history of the United States. Uh, the most unbelievable accomplishment of Trump. It, it cast into, into perspective every other achievement that he made. This is the one. He literally saved tens of millions of lives uh, throughout the world and certainly... Uh, certainly almost five or 600,000 Americans. Very few presidents can boast of that. None of them can. But when you look at how Pfizer is using this to line its own pockets, and you look at how Bush is, uh, Biden is doing everything he can to help them in that and to boost that stock price, you really wonder if this mandatory vaccine requirement that he's pushing is not at least partially motivated by making money for Pfizer. Uh, absolutely. So it seems to me that we, the last couple of days, have given us an indication that Hillary Clinton may be approaching the end of her immunity. Hillary Clinton no longer can count on skating by allegations. And uh, I think that she's got herself some difficulty. This is the new Hillary campaign song, Jailhouse Rock. <laughs> We could have played Folsom Prison Blues, but she ain't blue about it. <laughs> um, so this woman who has skated on Whitewater, has skated on uh, the insider trading with the commodities market, who has skated on perjuring herself 
about the about the relationship over or legal representation of the fraudulent Madison Guarantee Savings and Trust Association, where she helped them phony up their documents and create a straw purchaser for the Whitewater property, um, knowing that it was fiction, and drew up legal work knowing it was fiction, and then conveniently lost the billing records, uh, and uh, finally uh, coincidentally discovered them. Uh, This woman who didn't release her tax return showing that she had made a killing in the commodities market until almost the day the statute of limitations on prosecuting for insider trading in the commodities market lapsed. Uh, And finally, this woman who created fraudulently forged documents and rumors and innuendo claiming Trump colluded with Russia. That collusion, which tied up the country for two years, led to millions of dollars of of, investment, of spending on investigations. Damn near impeached Trump before he took office and s- paralyzed his administration in many ways in the first year, year and a half of it. Uh, entirely is as a result of Hillary. Uh, it's her negative research people that conceived it. It's her people who came up with it. It's her money that funded the creation of this phony dossier that gave chapter and verse on something that never happened, totally phony. They said, for example, that Michael Cohn, the guy who once went to jail, was the go-between between the Russians and Trump. And when they checked Cohn's passport, he'd never been in your, he'd never been near that. Uh, and he had never been to Vienna where allegedly this these meetings took place. And the other guy who allegedly did this uh, is uh, currently a guest of the Russian penal system for 25 years in Siberia for child abuse and could never have done that. He was in jail at the time. So uh, Hillary completely forged this, misled the country, and has escaped it. But now not necessarily. Uh, Durham, John Durham, the special prosecutor named uh, under the Trump administration to investigate this, to investigate the origins of this bogus rumor uh, and the and the fraudulent peddling of proof that never existed, uh, has just indicted Andrew Sussman. Andrew Sussman is a member was a member of the law firm of Perkins Cole, C O L E which was the firm that orchestrated and oversaw the negative research operation in Hillary's firm and may have been the moving force and the funding mechanism for this phony charge. It may have been their decision to fund uh, Christopher Steele, the MI6 agent that did the investigation on this and came up with this yarn, this fable, of Russian Russian meddling in the Trump campaign. And uh, he has now been indicted, and clearly the indictment is to get him to spill and talk about other people that were involved in this, particularly uh, Mrs. Hillary Rodham Clinton and her campaign. And the odds that Sussman is now going to try to cut a plea deal with the U.S. attorney, with the special prosecutor, are pretty high. Uh, very few people are willing to go to jail for Hillary. And uh, that's what he would be facing. 
and uh, Durham was very skillful in indicting him first. The reason he moved so quickly is the statute of limitations uh, was about to run out, and he was determined that Hillary wasn't going to skate again on the statute of limitations issue. And now Andrew Sussman holds her fate in his hands. And there's an important fact. All the other times that Hillary got somebody to be her stooge, to take the blame or to uh, or, or to deflect the blame or not to tell people of Hillary's role, all the other times, she had power. She could reward a friend and punish an enemy. She controlled the State Department. She controlled the government. Uh, she controlled the Senate seat. She could have rewarded people and punished people. Now she's got nothing. She's got bubkiss. Uh, she's, uh, she's out of power. She can't get anything to happen. Maybe she can't get herself arrested, but maybe she can. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Let's understand what Hillary did with this dirty trick of the Russia meddling probe. This is probably the dirtiest trick ever pulled in American politics. She was in her campaign facing a tough race against Trump, who ultimately defeated her. And she wanted to fuel the narrative that Trump was in cahoots with Putin. Entirely a concoction of her imagination, or her negative research people's imagination. No proof, not only no proof, no indication that it was true. Trump said some nice things about Putin, said he's energetic and a strong leader and so on. But that's it. There was no there was no other reason. So Hillary and her campaign got a hold of an agent from MI six, British MI five, British Intel, and who had been a spy for Britain in Russia and uh now was had left the service and was available as a private contractor, as many of these ex-spook types are, and uh, available for private operations. And through the Perkins Cole law firm, uh, perhaps, we don't know this yet because we need to get the information Sussman is going to spill, they hired uh, Steele to develop a dossier about a total fiction, the fiction that Hill, that Trump and Putin were in league together. So Steele wrote a dossier that substantiated this fiction and said that there was a guy named Michael Cohn, Trump's lawyer, who flew to Vienna, who met with two other guys. I said one of whom is it was in jail at the time and the other of whom had nothing to do with this and uh, and, and created the plan to funnel information, negative information on Hillary to Trump, uh, to intervene in the election with uh, with hacking social media and sending phony posts and stuff like that. And uh, then he, Steele turned the information over to Senator John McCain. And McCain uh, turned it over to the FBI. 
The FBI by then had had the information provided by this guy, Andrew Sussman, who is now indicted for making false statements to the FBI because the dossier he passed over was totally phony. And, uh, and Steele and the Hillary campaign worked like hell to try to get that dossier released before the election. They called every news outlet they could, and nobody would touch it. Nobody would publish it. And uh, the so after the election, about a week after, they got a hold of McCain at a conference in Nova Scotia that he was attending and Seal was attending. And they uh, talked to him about the dossier, pretended it was real, and got McCain to basically flack for them and put the dossier into the hands of the FBI. Then they arranged for leaks to the Times and the Washington Post and other news organs that they had hard evidence of this collusion. And then throughout the first six months of the Trump presidency, every couple of days a new leak would come out substantiating this BS, uh, saying that it was true and we just got evidence of it. Uh, and, uh, and this was entirely phony. The whole thing was phony. The research was phony, the charge was phony, the uh, substantiation was phony, the uh, supposed leaks that confirmed it were phony, the whole bit. And it was all orchestrated by Steele uh, and perhaps and by the Hillary campaign. And now, finally, one of the guys on the inside, Andrew Sussman, one of the carrier pigeons that brought this to the FBI, is going to be transformed, I hope, from a carrier pigeon into a stool pigeon and is going to uh, talk about his role, talk about Hillary's role, and talk about who gave him orders, who gave him money, how the thing was funded. And Hillary no longer has protection. She no longer has the president in her in her bed, if she ever did. Uh, she no longer has the uh, power of the executive branch or of the State Department she no longer is a, is a potential president, uh, and she can't punish her enemies and reward her friends. So Hillary is in deep doo-doo. Let's go to Joel in Manhattan. Hey, Joel. Hi, Joel. Hi there. Yeah. Hi. Mr. Morris, uh, regarding uh, the general, you know, General uh, Milley? Right. I mean, you got to look at it from a different angle altogether. Uh, first and foremost, whatever he would have said, the Chinese would never have believed him. That's number one. Hence, if he had said that, uh, I, I'd like to uh, reassure you that we are not going to uh, strike first, right? Uh, they wouldn't have believed him. They would have thought maybe they're going to, uh, the U.S. is going to do the opposite. Yeah, but the, the fact that he wouldn't, that China might or might not believe him, does not absolve him, number one, of treason, of of telling Chinese what U.S. intentions are or are not. Uh, reverse it. Let's say he had gone to Beijing and said, we are about to strike you. We're going to launch a surprise attack on you, like Pearl Harbor and the missiles are being fired uh, in the next hour. That would be clear treason, absolutely. So why is going there and saying we're not going to attack you, not treason? And uh, bear in mind that Trump uh, and, uh, well, that Flynn uh, was uh, indicted uh, 
because he went to the Russian ambassador and told him that we were not going to start a war with Russia. So why is what Milley did acceptable? And Milley was in the chain of command as Joint Chief of Staff uh, Director. And uh, his his doing this was completely treasonous. And uh, if anybody should be indicted in this, it is Mr. General Milley. So um, give us a call, 800-848-9222, 800-848-WABC, 9222. And let's talk about this. Let's talk further about it. And when we come back, uh, I'm going to go to a new subject, abortion. Stay tuned. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And Ever since 1974, the issue of abortion has polarized American politics. Uh, it created the gender gap. didn't exist before 74, where women are 10 to 15 points more likely to vote Democrat than men are. Uh, it divided households, families. It turned breakfast tables into political debates. And over the last 50 years, the issue has just sat out there and festered and been more and more divisive, more and more controversial. But now, technological and scientific advances create the possibility of a solution that will help, that will meet the needs and the demands of pro-lifers and pro-choicers at the same time. And uh, it's a totally new approach to abortion. I'd like to try it out on you all and float it by you. Um, I think that I think that we have to understand the depth of people's feelings about abortion. Okay, Madonna, let's say you can keep your baby, okay? And let's say at the same time you can keep your baby alive, we can terminate the pregnancy. In other words, if you're a pro-choicer, what you want is an ability to terminate your pregnancy. If you're a pro-lifer, you want the ability to have a birth, have a fetus carried to a healthy and sustainable birth. Both can happen. Increasingly, scientists are perfecting an artificial womb where a baby or fetus can be kept alive if, if, if it's delivered uh, surgically uh, before, uh, before the uh, at earlier in the, than the old legal age of viability, uh, the Roe v. Wade decision specified the end of the third trimester to be the borderline of viability, end of the second trimester, which was 24 weeks. But just recently, there was a fetus at 21 weeks that lived and survived and is going to be a healthy baby, we hope. And they've fairly routinely gotten it down to 22 or 23 weeks. So what about that, folks? Why don't we keep Roe v. Wade as it is, which says that you can have an abortion 
uh, you, you, you can have an abortion or deny an abortion in the third trimester, but not before viability. And uh, that makes sense. We should be able to tell women, okay, we're going to have an operation, we're going to offer you an operation, in which we will surgically remove the fetus and put the fetus in an artificial womb where it will be nurtured, be able to grow, and eventually become a live birth so that we can terminate the pregnancy without killing the fetus. Terminate the pregnancy, but don't kill the fetus. So the woman who is who wants to terminate the pregnancy will not have to go through childbirth, will not have to uh, go through uh, the, the difficulty of carrying a baby, uh, will not have to go through the risks that childbirth entails, but on the other hand, the fetus is going to be okay. You're going to, the fetus is going to be a healthy, living baby. And the pro-lifers will have the live birth that they wanted. This can solve this problem completely. Now, there is, of course, the issue of who pays for the child once the child is born, who's responsible, uh, who, uh, who helps them live. But that could, that's a financial question. That could be solved easily. Uh, Florida, for example, gives $500 a month to, for, until the child is 18 to any family that adopts a child. And another 30 other states give some form of financial compensation. And in this era where we're getting, giving out child refundable tax credits of $3,600 per child, uh, that means that the uh, that that a, that a kid who you adopt uh, is going to be getting about eight thousand dollars a year uh, at tax free, and uh, and if you adopt two, it goes up to sixteen thousand dollars a year. Now there are currently seven hundred thousand abortions in the U.S., down from nine hundred thousand uh, two years ago, and one hundred and thirty-five thousand adoptions in the U.S., and one and a half million people waiting for adoption who've been cleared, been approved, and are waiting uh, to get their baby. Uh, Why don't we put those statistics together and encourage people to have voluntary surgery in which the fetus would be extracted, put into a womb, put up for an artificial womb, put up for adoption, and we can deal with this problem. Why do we have to kill a baby to terminate a pregnancy? Why do we have to kill a fetus to terminate a pregnancy? Uh, we, we don't have to. We can terminate the pregnancy and still keep the fetus alive. Uh, we need middle ground here on abortion. And, uh, you know, jokers to the left of me, clowns to the right of me, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. And let's let's move in the direction of some compromise on this issue. Uh, in fact, with other mammals like lambs, like lamb and uh, sheep, the scientists have been able to sustain a fetus after the human equivalent of sixteen weeks. And obviously, more, the more research is done, the more the earlier the age of viability will be. So Rose says that states can uh, outlaw abortion 
once the age of viability is reached. So let's keep that research going. Let's lower the age of viability because science is going to permit us to do that. And then instead of that being a license to kill the poor fetus, it's a license to give birth to the fetus by surgical extraction, basically a cesarean, and, uh, and then keep the fetus alive. We should do some creative thinking about abortion so that this issue doesn't divide us terminally as it seems to be likely to do. So let's go to um, John in Bergen County, who has a comment about our friend Nancy Pelosi. Good afternoon, Mr. Morris. Hey, John. I just had a quick question. If you believe that Miley is culpable, where does that leave Nancy Pelosi, considering he was acting at basically her behest? Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, in telling uh, what Pelosi did, just to be clear, because it's not being covered much in the stories, is she got legislation appro- not legislation approved she recommended that the that trump be removed no not removed that trump be able to be bypassed in the decision to launch a nuclear war and that the decision could be made by the senate and house leadership herself and the cabinet and she created a way to bypass the president in launching nuclear war. And this was done at the same time that she went to Milly and said, go to China and tell them we're not going to attack. She took steps to make sure Trump would not try to hold on to power by launching a war. There was never a possibility that Trump would do that. I was in touch with Trump every single day during that period. We talked about every single option that was available. And uh, he never considered that. He never considered doing anything illegal. This was a fevered thing in Nancy Pelosi's imagination. and uh, But yet she raised it to a level, worked herself into such a hysteria that she basically uh, sought to bypass the power of the president to be the commander-in-chief. A totally outrageous decision. Unbelievable. Let's go to Jamie in Florida. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm doing fine, Mr. Morris. Uh, I want to thank you for what you do. You have an amazing program. I love thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, my topic is on Hillary. Yep. Uh, I hope that one day she gets what she has coming to her. But what I was going to say is that you said that she doesn't really have any kind of power right now. Um, well, she does have Joe Biden in the White House. And I think that uh, that could be her trump card. <laughs> A Trump card, right? Um, nope. No well, thanks, Jimmy. Um, I so think I was wondering what you thought about that. That certainly is possible, and we can never really know what Joe Biden is going to do. Hello, hello. Is there anybody in there? Just not if you can hear me. Is there anyone home? So who knows what Biden would do? Uh, but uh, it certainly is possible that he would pardon Hillary. But, uh, you know, it is one thing to escape prosecution, but it's another to be prosecuted, convicted, sentenced, and then at the last minute get a reprieve. Uh, that would be pretty heavy and uh, would, would mark Hillary as she should be as an inveterate liar for the rest of her career. Let me spend a second on my friend Hillary. 
she is always mired in her own original sin. Every Hillary scandal is a cover-up of something she did rashly and earlier that she's trying to cover up. Why did she did she uh, pick up emails on a private server and try to hide those emails and destroy them? Why? Because she was Secretary of State and her husband was set up the Clinton Foundation and it was an elaborate bribery scheme where people who wanted favors from the State Department would make payoffs to the Clinton Foundation or speaking fees to Bill. That's not an easy payoff to arrange, not a question of a campaign contribution or something. You have to, you have to be, get the information that you want, that a rich guy wants or company wants this done. You have to figure out how to do it. You have to wire Hillary to make sure the State Department does it. She has to wire her people to make sure it happens, and they have to sit on top of it to make sure the thing goes through. All of those require emails, and we'll leave a track. And Hillary did not want that track to be seen by anybody else because it could lead to indictments of Bill, Hillary, and everybody else involved. So she had a secret email server that nobody could access. Why did Hillary not reveal her income tax returns early in the presidency when the Washington Post said that if she did, they would not urge a federal prosecutor? If the tax return showed she did not make money from Whitewater, they were not going to press for the appointment of Ken Starr, a Whitewater special prosecutor. But Hillary refused to release the tax returns. A prosecutor was appointed, and Bill Clinton was damn near removed from office. Why? Because she had done insider trading that was illegal on the commodities market. And she was not going to release the tax return that showed those winnings until the statute of limitation had lapsed. Whenever you have a scandal with Hillary, dig deep, and you'll find it's to cover up an original sin of which she's guilty, just the way the woman operates. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Your sounds. Very romantic, but the Haitians that are gathered under the Del Rio Bridge uh, that spans the Rio Grande in Texas uh, that are seeking uh, to enter the United States illegally are not under the boardwalk, but they are under the bridge. Uh, There were a hundred of them about four or five weeks ago. Then there were 5,000. Now there are 11,000, and God knows how many will go there until Joe Biden gets it together to understand that when he promotes amnesty and urges people to come here, he's going to get a torrent of people, and it's going to become a huge national issue. Hello, is there anybody in there? Just not if you can hear me. Come to wonder with Biden.
hiding? Is there anybody in there? Is there anybody home? And while this crowd was gathering under the bridge or under the boardwalk, Biden is still out there pushing amnesty. In fact, the um, recon- the infrastructure package that has nothing to do with infrastructure uh, is will include amnesty for 8 million illegal immigrants who are in the United States. And when you have the amnesty, you obviously are going to encourage more people to come. In 1986, Reagan pushed amnesty and got it passed. And, uh, and the result was a flood of illegal immigrants, most of whom we're talking about now and giving them amnesty. Uh, it's, uh, it's something that, that is obvious and self-evident. You'd normally say Biden's stupid for doing that, but he's not. He's crazy like a fox. His goal is illegal immigration. He wants illegal immigration. He supports it because it's the key, in his judgment, to the Democratic Party running the country, the key to a to decades of Democratic victories. But I don't think so. I think he's misjudging. Uh, the Remember that the Latino vote began to defect from the Democratic Party in the last election. Uh, Trump carried almost 40 percent, 35 percent of the Latino vote. And if you take out California, that's had its own history of race problems between Anglos and Hispanics. And you look instead at Texas and Florida and Georgia and other states, New York, the uh, Trump got almost 40 percent of the Hispanic vote. Damn near carried it. He carried Florida partially because he did so well among the Latino vote. You know, as I'm speaking, something just occurred to me. Those are Haitians under the bridge. They're not Hispanic. They're black. And the history of the black vote is that they stay Democrat. Uh, Trump gained only three points among blacks. He gained 10 points among Hispanics when you compare 16 with 20. So those are Hispanic immigrants. Those are Biden's kind of immigrants because once they're, once they're bought, they stay bought. And, uh, I, that's an interesting perspective. Anyway, Biden is doing everything he possibly can to encourage illegal immigration. And once you're here, once you're here, you get to stay here. He's eliminated most of the grounds for deportation and ordered his bureaucracy not to be aggressive in deporting people. Under Donald Trump in 2019, uh, in 2018, uh, 850,000 people were deported. Uh, Under Joe Biden this past year, 50,000 have been deported. Uh, He's basically stopped deporting anyone. And he's issued policy guidance saying that if you have a DUI or you have or many multiple DUIs or assault uh, or even rape, you can't be deported. And murder, you can't be deported if the murder took place more than 10 years ago. If it's in the, if you killed somebody lately, you can be deported. But if you did in the past, it's one little murder. What is that between friends? You can't be deported. So uh, Biden wants these illegal immigrants to come here and to stay here. Let's go to Joe on the Lower East Side. Hey, Joe. Yes. 
Hi, thank you for uh, answering my call. This is the first time uh, calling. And uh, what we're talking about, General Milley, what he yep. did on the phone, yep. yeah, he might have made the call to China, but he didn't say anything like that. Because of what now we know, like you even mentioned, concerning uh, Pelosi, they were worried, and Biden was worried, really, this is my opinion, and I really believe it, that Trump would take the military and take over. In other words, yeah. he wouldn't relinquish yeah, his that was, uh, that position. Was their, that was their fantasy. Uh, Hillary warned about it. And uh, and Pelosi warned about it. And as I said, they altered the chain of command so that uh, the speaker and the, and the majority leader could reverse a presidential decision to use nuclear weapons. And uh, it was a total fantasy. It was paranoia, paranoia as policy. And that's what they were doing. And Pelosi got Milley to make that phone call. And she's as culpable as he is. But she doesn't run the military, uh, and she's not in the formal chain of command. So it's not quite as serious, but it's pretty pretty damn serious. Let's go to Tony in Orange County. Hi. Dick, good morning. Uh, you, you just mentioned, uh, you know, a couple of minutes ago that there were like 11,000 immigrants under the International Bridge in Del Rio, Texas. Haitians. But this yeah. morning they mentioned there's 15,000 already, earlier today. Yeah. And, and uh, originally— uh, as originally, they were supposed to be l- allowing people in from Central America and South America who were refugees running from uh, uh, danger that their lives would be taken from them. So we were letting some in as, uh, you know, for, yep. for safety into the country. Yep. But now they're coming in from Haiti. Yeah. Well, let me let me exp- let me talk for a second about that. The um, the goal of the left is to transform immigrants into refugees. Because if someone just wants to get into the country, uh, they can't become citizens, even if it's legal for a while, uh, register to vote for a while. But if they come in as refugees seeking amnesty, they're on a fast track to citizenship and a fast track to being able to vote. So the left invented the fiction that amnesty should cover people not who are traditionally eligible for amnesty. That is, you're facing persecution for your religion or for your political views in your home country, and you have a risk of being murdered or executed or imprisoned for that, so you come to the U.S. to seek protection. That still happens, and it's a small number of people, and we usually grant the protection. They said, they want to say, that because you live in a country with a very high murder rate, and where drug dealers and kingpins run rampant, you are afraid for your life, not from the government, but from criminals. And therefore, you're allowed to come to the United States as an asylum-seeking refugee and stay here for as long as you like, become a citizen and move in. And that is not the rule that applies to refugees, uh, that applies to immigrants. And it's, it's, a, it's a charade a legal fiction to try to get them in illegally. And uh, it's a fiction the UN participates in. Uh, they can, they're considering those folks refugees. And the Haitians are trying to qualify in that because of the political turmoil in their country. In fact, Biden wants to go further and say the lack of economic opportunity 
in your home country is a motive for getting asylum and that you should be treated as an asylum-seeking refugee, same as somebody that escapes from a Soviet prison uh, if he comes to the U.S. and you talk about the hostile government. It's totally a fiction. It's completely designed to bypass the immigration system. And the U.S. Constitution has a list of the things Congress can do, not, not just implied, but stated. And one of them is control immigration and naturalization. Uh, absolutely incredible. Let's go to Gary on Staten Island. You called before, Gary, and I appreciate you making your way through my book. Well, indeed, uh, Monsieur Morris, I, I've invested in three more of your books. I must say, Catastrophe, Please, and Outrage. Good. I'm looking forward to going through all three. You'll also have a, a distinct pleasure because uh, in, on March 1st, I publish a new book called yes. Take Back America, Winning the Elections of 22 and 24 with Donald Trump. March 1st, I'm marking it on my calendar. <laughs> I want to be over there at Strand. Good, good. Goodbye. Good. Uh, you know, Gary, I, I, I really appreciate you because you've called a bunch. Uh, why don't you uh, be in touch with WABC? I'll arrange that they'll see your, your email uh, so I can send you an autographed book. And maybe, oh, thank you. Maybe get thank you to come you, by uh, and say hello. Oh, wow. I'm, so, very, I'm very grateful. Uh, Tuesday morning, we're having a rally over by the U.N., and, you know, the black helicopter book, uh, Biden, yep. giving a speech at the U.N. Am I still there? Hello? Yep. You are, you are. And, uh, yes. Tuesday morning, there's going to be a big tra- traffic tie-up, you know. Right. Uh, and this happens, of course, we as busy New Yorkers know what right. happens when the president yep. comes to speak at the U.N. every year. So Tuesday, Doug Hammarskjöld Plaza, we're having an anti-Biden rally. Uh, and the, of course, the sub, the subtitle of your black helicopter book is uh, "UN Global Governance and the Loss of Freedom." So, how's that for a connection, that's, eh? That's terrific. The book is called "Here Come the Black Helicopters," and "Black Helicopters" is the charge that's made about about people who are patriots uh, who claim that the global government is coming to take over. And this book documents how it is, in fact, happening uh, and how the law of the sea treaty, the uh, refuse and outer space agreement, the uh, International Criminal Court are all subterfuges for undermining American sovereignty and basically eliminating the inconvenience of the American democracy. Uh, They do not want to have to live and die by what goes on in elections in the United States and by replacing it with global governance, even though the globe is primarily run by dictators and corrupt people, they think they can bypass that. Thank you for calling, Gary. I appreciate it. So today we talked about a, a thing on abortion where we can compromise and keep the fetus alive even when they terminate the pregnancy. Uh, we talked about how Hillary is running out of cover and maybe facing prosecution over her phony initiation of the Russia meddling scandal. We talked about Biden's conflict of interest with Pfizer. So thanks for watching and have a great rest of your weekend.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 